Well, hello and welcome to the No Filter Needed podcast, where we cut the fluff, expel those myths and kick unobtainable standards to the curb. I am your host, Camilla Collins, self-image consultant, author and founder of multiple beauty and creative entertainment agencies. I am super passionate about empowering people to change their self-perception and reimagine not just the beauty, but the huge amount of power within themselves. And this podcast is in support of my mission to do just that. So today I have the wonderful and super beautiful Sarah Moxham in today. Um, And Sarah is the owner of A Phoenix Staffing um, and she works in the hospitality industry. But I've pulled her in uh, for a little chat, um, sort of more centred around, I guess, body image really. Um, And she'll be speaking about her personal experiences with that sort of over over a few years so thank you so much for coming thank you for having me Camilla I really appreciate it honoured to be talking with you today amazing so so let's kind of go back a little bit and you know if you're happy to share a bit of your story um yeah I'll I'll let you yeah absolutely I think there's so much we can always share about ourselves in relation to body image when we're when we're a woman so uh, I'll try and condense and pick out the most prominent things I think and I think for me it's a it's been a journey that probably really became quite profound when I was about 16 um maybe no, maybe around 15 um because I had uh I was diagnosed with an eating disorder at the age of 15 uh or 16 yeah which I ha- I kind of battled and waded through for um two years in a critical state um and that came at a time in my life where um which had a, a challenge happen in our family. My dad had an operation that went wrong. So he was taken in to have a mass removed from the back of his chest, which was meant to be just quite a simple mass, the, uh, a simple operation. The mass wasn't cancerous. But what happened in the course of him having the operation was they actually damaged his spine, unfortunately, and he had a spinal cord injury and was left um, in a wheelchair and battled a lot um, with his identity and his um, mental health. And myself and my dad had such a really, really close relationship that it did really shake um, part of the foundation of who I was. And I um, found myself in a relationship, it was my first relationship, probably the first guy that I'd say I loved at that stage, um, which was abusive. And so um, through the course of that relationship, um, I turned to controlling food as a way of coping um, with the situation and um, got to the point where I weighed about five stone and had a BMI of around 12.5, which is pretty wow. critical. Yeah. Mega, mega low. That's yeah. five stone. That's tiny. Yeah. That's tiny. Yeah, absolutely. So I think at that stage I didn't really, uh, I wasn't aware of what I was doing and it had definitely become... Uh, a way of living and a way of like living through the situation that was around me um, but it got to a point where I did actually recognize that um, I was walking through what is diagnosed as a as anorexia as an eating disorder and my parents were so patient with that um, and I can remember them like printing off stuff online showing me like you know Sarah like do you want to take a look at this this could be something that you know you're walking through they took me to a private um eating disorders unit clinic and said you know 
you could actually end up needing to stay here. And I was so oblivious until um, one night when I was um, asleep, I got up in the middle of the night and I felt like um, I was having a heart attack. Um, and I encouraged my mum to rush me straight to hospital, which she did. And it was at that moment that I would actually admit that I did um, have something that wasn't right with me. Um, and it was in that moment that I could then actually embrace recovery. I think there's um, a very interesting correlation between the mind and the body. Um, and you know, massively. We can, yeah, massively. we can tell ourselves something, um, and it becomes. Yeah. And it manifests yeah. in our body, right? We create our, you know, own reality with our, with our minds. I'm a real believer of that, and you know, also mental stuff then kind of coming out in physical totally. in our bodies. Yeah, totally. I think there's a big connection between the heart and what manifests in our body as well. And, mm. you know, also in the heart and the mind, you know, I believe we're often thinking a lot with actually with our hearts um, and yeah. <laughs> maybe not so much in our brains. But, um, yeah, I mean, what, what was within me at that moment was certainly um, the realisation that I was engaging in behaviour that wasn't right and actually being able to vocalise that and step into that then took me to two years of walking through um, kind of recovery under close supervision with the NHS and different dietitians and psychotherapists and the team were great at um, enabling my physical recovery um, but that was probably the first time that I'd say I really had to face a, a challenge within my um, body image and it was from that kind of place of recovery and as I recovered physically and was kind of discharged by the NHS that um, I still hadn't dealt with the root causes and um, the underlying deep challenges that came from and manifested themselves in that way and whilst I looked well um, I wasn't well inside and that definitely wasn't where my heart was at so I went to university and with this kind of fractured identity and fractured sense of self began engaging in different kind of um, behaviors like drinking a lot you know doing drugs out partying a lot mixing with people who um, probably felt much and much the same way about their own bodies as well and were quite open to changing that investing money and in changing that and so um, I, I, like through, through kind of that friendship circle, I started to toy with the idea of having plastic surgery, which I did. So I had a series of different procedures in boob jobs and nose jobs, um, Botox at a very, very young age, fillers, um, yeah, evasive and non-evasive. Wow. And, and so, I mean, it was, because things are quite... Um, more easily accessible sort of now mm. and, and also there's sort of a lot of payment plans and things which um encouraging people to yeah. be able to handle it more but what were you working at the time and yeah. you know, breaking yourself over like financially sort of paying for this yeah I mean I'd never break myself financially with it I think a student loan coupled with um a well-paying job within the bar and club industry mm. um meant that I never got myself into a place of debt and I think having money that, um, you know, when I'd been brought up, my dad was a church pastor. My mum didn't work for like the first five years of my childhood until she became a teacher. She went back to teaching. So money wasn't something we'd always had around us. Like um, we never lacked, but we hadn't had this fluidity of money. So I think when I started to have money in my hands, having the place in my heart that I did, that's what I chose to actually spend my money on because I think we often we we give money and we give attention 
and we give anything to what's within our heart, what our heart's desires are. And it's a real evidential display of what's going on within us as to what we spend our money on. And there's a strong correlation between that. So, yeah. I agree. And, and yeah, also, if you've not been... I mean, you hear this quite often when people come into money when they're not a, used to having it or even they've got a background where they're yeah. not... You know, haven't been, I guess, taught to to yeah. sort of manage it because it's never been there in such huge quantities. Like, it's... Um, it can really sort of flip everything over um, and completely change, you know, your kind of actions and, and who you are and you can sort of go down this down this path with it. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. And I guess with the bar, do you, did you find the industry that, because I had a pub job, um, I was the first one through my A-levels at school, actually, I started um, working for a bit of cash at, at a pub and a lot of people weren't, I don't think, not that many people were working at my school, but I, um, at sort of that age and were studying or they might have had other jobs, but sort of being in that environment with my own sort of my, I guess, history of sort of addiction or sort of where it sort of started, um, you know, you sort of normalise it for yourself. I was, it was very different to my school environment. Then you start adopting those kind of ideas, don't you, and end up going down this this path. Do you, yeah. Do you feel that um, even your employment or, you know, working at the bar had also contributed to yeah definitely I mean environment is is it has a big knock-on effect on, on who we choose to become when we turn our face to it and essentially we become what we turn our face to wherever we divert our energy to is what we're going to start manifesting and becoming and I think for me at that time I was turning my face to those things and it was that that I was going to ultimately become so yeah I, I do think I wouldn't ever blame an industry mm. I don't um I, I think everybody has free will. We all have free choices. We have the ability to choose whatever we, we are. And also you never know why someone has chosen to be situated in a place. There's many different intentions for people operating in any industry. So I never think you can say that an industry is something. Um, I do believe that you have to have um, a particular character and intention to go against the cultural norm of what an industry gives. So, you know, if an industry is emitting, for example, drinking a lot and, you know, doing drugs, you have to really go in with it almost like an opposite spirit to yeah. to not also do that, you know? And it's not that it's impossible, it just has to be intentional. And I definitely wasn't intentional against coming, you know, in a different way. Yeah, I can imagine you're not ready for it almost. Yeah, and definitely. You just kind of walked blindly, I guess, into the situation. You were young, um, yeah. you know, sort of get swept swept along by it yeah totally Um, and you're in so you know you work in hospitality now Mm -hmm. uh do you see what do you see now actually in comparison to yeah it's a great question and i really love that question because i think um you know there have been certain movements that have taken shape over previous years where um you know whether or not whatever opinion we have regarding them the positive impact of you know certain movements of um you know women's individuality and sexuality and um social media and you know some of the good impact that that's actually had i believe in a way has actually decreased the amount of um unwanted uh physical and sexual like attention that certain type of a certain type of way of presenting yourself would lean towards um i believe that we have had positive movements towards um towards that um However, I do, you know, I I do, I kind of have observed many of the people that we provide work to and had these kind of conversations with them. And I would say this, it's really, really mixed. Again, it's really individual. Some people are hugely impacted and believe that 
um, having procedures and cosmetic procedures and enhancements is a natural way of life for them and it's something they choose to engage in and you know that might be down to the ages of like 20, 19 other people just couldn't care less um, and I do believe that there is a wider acceptance um, within the industry of whatever the choice of people are whereas maybe 10, 15 years ago there was a bit more of a leaning towards a certain type of you know a certain type of look or presentation of self would be a lot more accepted than anything else and you know I can remember back to my early clubbing days where if you didn't look a certain way you wouldn't insert the door for free or whatever you know these kind of things were these boundaries were often put up within nightlife uh, places yeah whereas now I do believe they're a little bit more loose yeah and and with I guess with uh, we were speaking about this earlier sort of you know things have changed you know there's so much more individuality within people which is great that people are expressing themselves um and i think what i'm sort of quite an advocate with and, and especially with the book you know i'm not bashing um anything you know so sort of co- cosmetic companies necessarily or, or mm. aesthetics or people to choose to do that i think what i'm mainly concerned is that people are doing it for the right reasons and yeah. for them and not for because everybody else is doing it yeah. or what's kind of around them and I mean, I, I don't know if you can kind of connect with that from yeah. when you were younger, sort of, I guess, if you were, you, I think you said you were around that sort of crowd and therefore it was the norm yeah. and, you know, it was quite easy to kind of do. And can you, do you feel that that's sort of happening quite a bit at the moment or? Yeah, I think it's a really, really good question. And what I always come back to is whenever we're making any kind of decision, where are we sat in, in ourselves when we make that decision? Are we placed in a place where we are, you know, operating from love? Are we operating from um, a sense of joy, a sense of peace, a sense of rest, a sense of acceptance? And how, yeah, and, and are we actually taking time to make those decisions and check in with ourselves as to where we are positioned? You know, and this even can get down to the fact of like, um, you know, going to the gym. When we're at the gym, are we like, I love you, body. Like, you are a phenomenal creation. You're amazing. I love the way you move. I love the fact that I can do this. I'm operating and I'm engaging with, you know, all these kind of like happy things in this exact moment or are we like oh oh, I wish my bum was bigger I can't do this enough look at that person they're so much better than me or oh like I don't know how to do that I'm embarrassed to pick up this weight and like do we have this sense of like uncertainty and bad self-talk and almost guilt about I'm going to the gym because I ate that the night before or I won't eat this or I will eat this because and everything is really about where we're sat with something and how we are operating when we're in that space and we have to be intentional at harnessing ourselves um and harnessing who we are and where we're positioned from and it's why i think we can't like you were saying about you can't down talk an industry um so to speak because it's the individual's choice to start engaging with that thing and also how you engage with it so yeah i mean i think everything you just said there is absolutely spot on and and really important because we can almost you know we can go into something whether it's a workout or whether it's a procedure or whether it's a a simple makeup application on ourselves and we can go in it from with a place from love or or from hatred really uh and you know with makeup especially i always encourage you know it's not about hiding the 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 stuff that you think is bad or the negatives it's about enhancing the goods And coming from that place of, oh, I really love this about myself. Like, I'm going to, sh- I want it to shine more. I want it to bring it out. And the same with, 
you know, as you said about moving your body in the gym, it's because, you know, I'm really thankful for my body and I want, I want to, you know, make it more flexible and, and make my heart kind of stronger as opposed to, as you said, eating the wrong things um, or, or being in there going, telling yourself with that negative self-talk that uh, I put on weight or I'm, I'm you know, too, too big and I need to lose weight and this sort of horrible negative talk that a lot of us can get ourselves into. And I think that can really take us, and I think we really take ourselves to some dark places more than anyone else ever could. They may plant a seed, but it's how we then sort of churn that over and over, a bit like snowballing, I Absolutely. guess, into, into a, a mountain. Yeah. Um, and I think with anything, you know, we can become engaged with the conversation that's there or we can come above the conversation. Um, and that's not in a way of looking down. That's not kind of what I mean. I mean, we remove ourselves from the frequency that's that and we go, I'm actually going to take this thing a little bit higher by, you know, I think one of the highest things that we can actually do is is love, yeah. <laughs> is love ourselves. And if we're not operating from a place of love of self and love of others, then, um, and, and it has to first start with us, then we can't actually produce, you know, and, and change anything around us. And I think that's why when it comes to things like us talking about do's or don'ts and black and white things, the black and white thing could be black and white for yourself, knowing yourself in a moment, but also actually being kind to yourself, knowing that you transform and change too. Um, and you should be going on from, from glorious to glorious to glorious things. But in your black and white, don't let that be don't let that be a judgment place of like how you're then seeing someone else's, you know, situation without actually having you know, if you have the right to speak in, they permit you to have that without actually having a fuller picture of where their heart is at and where their mind's at, you know, because what's something for you may not be that, you know, for somebody else based upon their, the context of their life. Totally true. We've all got our, um, yeah, we've all got our different different lives, different, we've got our own little worlds and we've got different paths as well. And even from the addiction uh, front on sort of, you know, someone might not have a, a be safe to, to be around alcohol and things like that so someone else saying oh just have one drink you know is, is very harmful um and it's the same you know it's, it's that awareness of other people mm-hmm. um i think and making sure that you you know you're not putting your stuff on on someone else and very much kind of being responsible um within yourself but also mm-hmm. around others and i think i'm pretty sure yeah this is not a conversation we had i'm sure it's in the book um you said something really amazing about um, you know how we are each and every one of us are influencers to mm. everyone around us and we really impact the lives of others and I mean even you talking about the environment that you were in when you were younger and you ended yeah. up you know having procedures and things because it was the norm it just shows how important we are to everyone around us and we don't know who's looking yeah. at us do we and watching yeah. yeah and I think that's a really good thing I think you know um, I love what you said there about you know being influencers and being impactful in every kind of environment that we're within to paraphrase what you said and it's an awareness of that and I think it's 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 something can often be misused because people can and not and people can take it as a burden so I think that they've got to do something for somebody else in a way that actually have you allowed something to come to rest within you because how are we how are we actually examples for the people how actually do we influence people um you know, something that I really love to think about is that we influence people just by being, and mm. um, by the very essence of who we are, by actually taking the time, the deep work within ourselves to know who we are, understand who we were created to be, understand every good thing that lives within us, and releasing that, you know, and that it's not from a place of like, I have to think about, you know, 
something to do really actively to influence but from the essence of who you are and what you're given in that circle and in that time and you know some spaces we're given for a long season sometimes it's just the person that we shake a hand with at the gym or we get to know you know on the tube or something um but knowing that we bring some everybody we bring somebody every every time we see somebody we bring them something you know you're so right and i i even just you saying that about you know shaking hands with with people or i mean i can even think of people that i've met once probably for five minutes that have just sort of sprung to mind mm-hmm. and you know sometimes things just really impact us more whether it's the the frame of mind we're in or the situation yeah. we do remember this sort of stuff so something um seemingly you know that's insignificant could actually be very significant yeah um to 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 us or, or to the people around us and I think as well that's so it's so important obviously for ourselves to to do the work on ourselves and to be aware and to um be loving and gentle with ourselves which I think some people struggle with because they seem to think it's selfish or you know think want to help others first but I, unless we're in a good place um we can't you know we can't provide as mm-hmm. well for others and even just radiating that energy even if it's not physically helping someone with something from a good place it's even how we go about our daily lives and mm. and i think the energy that we spread um from ourselves so mm. super important um and so i mean what what would your vision i mean you're a great sort of influencer and, and in you know in conversation and, and mm. just to, to have around and i know you've got sort of big ideas in in terms of what you would love for sort of the future i guess but for all of us like what do you see in an ideal world um for all of us how would you how would you see that sort of pain yeah it's it's really interesting because i think just to kind of pick up i'll answer that question by just picking up on probably what happened to me after engaging with with surgery and kind of the transition from moving out of that then leading into a question of vision because my movement of like having these years of engaging in lots of cosmetic procedures you know nothing something nothing was ever enough Mm. you know I was never satisfied I never had a place of rest in me um as soon as I had something done it was what was the next thing that I needed to do um I can even actually remember I can remember many times being in 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 clinics and they wouldn't have art they would ask my history my mental health history and I would be very open to what it was but it was never acknowledged but I do remember one time I'd come in and the the lovely lady who um would do some of the non-invasive procedures like uh, Botox and that said to me Sarah you actually don't need anything else you just need to go home (laughs) and one day she said you need to go home and at that point you would have thought that I would have sat there and gone what does she see that I don't see that she wouldn't have taken my money to you know that she would have just said go home um but I think it, it for me it, that that didn't actually trigger that it was only years later through a journey into faith that I actually started to recognize myself and recognize who I was and I think that is part of the vision of what I see that people would actually come face to face with the fullness of who they are the truth is how are we defining beauty the question is how do what do we actually say that beauty is and if we allowed that to be stripped back, I think we would be quite shocked at what we saw because we'd suddenly understand that everything that we have invested in, um, you know, in the way of these things, actually, is that actually beauty? And it was those questionings, it was those answers that I started to 
those, those questions I started to ask and the, the answers that I started to find that actually helped me redefine what beauty is and acknowledge the beautiful person that I am, acknowledge the beauty that I truly carry, not that's been placed on me through years of interacting with a world that tells me a certain thing or people that tell me a certain thing. And that's really the vision that I see, that people would understand the fullness of what beauty is, what it means to be beautiful, and that that definition would work, that that truth would work itself through their lives and would shine out, that that would be the essence that starts shining out, you know? So amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing listening to you on, on that. And it's, you know, that's it, that beauty. What is beauty? Yeah. It's a word and it's different to everybody. And actually beauty is so complex because it's got so many elements to it and it's not a surface kind of picture. And, mm. and you know, flaws are beautiful, um, mm. which might not be flaws to someone else. And, you know, quirky kind of ways of, of personality and, you know, sometimes technically ugly things are, are beautiful because they're intriguing. And I think, yeah, questioning that whole what yeah. is beauty to us. Totally. Instead of taking that, you know, this is what, you know, sometimes the marketers say, this is beauty, this is what Absolutely. you need. It's actually figuring it out for ourselves what is, what is yeah. beauty to us. And as you're speaking, I'm just reminded of a couple of times in the office. So my office is full of females and naturally you know conversations will come up around this at different times and I can remember having separate conversations about one girl was kind of like, oh, I really want my arms to be like this skinnier or oh, I've eaten too much to have eaten x amount of calories and it was that conversation of well actually who's told you that your arms need to be skinnier and who's actually even told you I know there is scientific research show that 2,000 calories is maybe what this average person is worth, but have you actually been looking at you know all your output in this week or your output who's told you that you have to eat 2000 calories today you know we look at nutritional stuff and it's we look from one nutritionist to the next one world health organization to the next it's changed over the years you know and how in tune are we with the body that we have how much are we in love with the body that we have operating from that place allowing hunger hunger to be met with good food allowing you know not working from a place of self-denial but self-celebration if we're going to have that chocolate cake or you, you you know it's changing those things that start from our mind and our heart you know loving our arm who says that that arm has to be that big or that <laughs> just small? The one. <laughs> you, know, you, you know what i'm saying Absolutely. and we've got we've got to take we've got to actually be intentional at harnessing and changing what beauty means mm. if we don't do that we will just continuously go on a cycle of um what's being presented to us and what's being formed through you know society time generations you know anyone i know i totally agree and, and yeah just on that sort of point i don't think you know our bodies actually they do have a wonderful way of regulating themselves sort of weight wise and yes mm -hmm. you're um output and input sort of changes week to week and I think we've become so reliant on other people telling us information yeah. x amount of calories or you know you your arm should look like this <laughs> and all of this kind of stuff that we've we've not become lazy but we've we don't think for ourselves anymore yeah. we're not in tune with our bodies and listening because they will tell us when when they're full and when they're not and if we can't hear them then we're probably doing too much at work or you know we're being distracted some and something's kind of got to go and I do believe that in our hearts and and in our our bodies we have you know the we will be told sort of it will tell us exactly what we need 
Yeah, it's great. I was reading this book not long ago about the power of the immune system and actually how this immune system has been placed within us, you know, I believe by God, to to self-heal, <laughs> you know, and how and, and actually many of the problems that we have within the body stem from stress and like an emotional trigger that attached to that stress, which then manifests itself in different conditions within the body. But this immune system that we have should be able to tackle every health challenge that we have and every you know and, and and the mindset challenges that we have but you know we see people let let things into their body which essentially causes i think that distraction to yeah. it functioning as it should our bodies have been created imperfection um but because of you know because of things we they end up becoming imperfect yeah so right so right um, oh, it's been just amazing to, to have this chat with you. Thank Absolutely you so awesome. much. Um, uh, great. And just just to finish up, like I guess from you know your personal experience, and you're yeah. the, you know the first you know the best person to ask really. If if anyone is kind of um, maybe uh, had already had procedures or potentially thinking about them, but maybe even the ones that that have and are sort of going after more, maybe feeling that something's not quite right sort of within them what you know in your experience sort of out the other side of this um you know what would be your suggestion yeah I think it's a great question a really really great question what would be my suggestion when you're in that space I think that I think it's a it would be a very interesting space to be in um for myself I couldn't see the patterns that I was manifesting like I couldn't see that it was an addiction I couldn't see that I was on this conveyor belt um, and it, it took me actually, I think it was, it was a dear friend of mine who, who opened up a different friendship group to me, who didn't engage in any of those kind of things, didn't value them, didn't notice them if I did or didn't do it, you know, all this kind of stuff that started to make me understand um, that that wasn't valuable you know, to them. And so that started to make me question, as I said, as I started to explore the truth of my identity through faith, um, I could then make those firm decisions. Um, but to be in a place where you are acknowledging that you have this addictive kind of tendency or this mm. desire, but not wanting it, I think one of the biggest things is accountability with, um, with others, with somebody who you can trust having this bond with somebody where you can be honest. Um, I don't know about you, but I've always felt that over time, if, if I can confess something to somebody, if I can open myself in vulnerability to someone, the, a huge weight's actually lifted immediately. Absolutely. You get, yeah. To the, yeah. You know, you get to the point where you're like, I'm not like dealing with this as the best way that I can. I need help. Yeah. I, I, need help. I need help. And, and it, then it's real. It's exactly. not just in your head and it's a real thing. Exactly. Um, and that's a... I guess yeah, a scary sort of step to make, but a, a necessary one yeah. to to then move on from because until it's admitted, I guess, and you, you can't you can't work with it, you can't process it, and 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 aid yourself with it. Totally, and I think we we want to rely on you know certain you know the NHS or whatever bodies to be uh, instructive to support you know mental health challenges or you know whatever challenges may come around this industry, but actually. It is, our, it is within us, it's our choice. And I suppose if you're listening to this and you're like, this might be me, we'll actually just have a conversation with somebody that it might be you. Mm. You know, if it ticks any, if it triggers any any thoughts, then speak that out. If it doesn't, nobody can do that for you. That That's a place that you actually have to come to within yourself. And I just believe that my desire is that 
if if those patterns are manifesting you will come to that place within yourself that you can actually um voice that but you can't also do that job for someone and that was something that i really realized within myself when i was walking through um the, the, the diagnosed eating disorder, when I was engaging in patterns of cosmetic surgery, if someone had come to me and said, and they, and they in love did, you have this challenge, you're presenting these symptoms, until I was ready to actually engage with that myself and choose that thought myself, and sometimes that was a long-winded process, there's nothing that somebody could do for me. And so equally, if you're a person who's thinking about somebody who's in your life, and you're like, I can I can think I think this is what they're going through love on them love them from the best best place that you can if you have that close relationship call them to their higher self call them to the higher person that they are see the good that lies so deeply within them and call that out of them I think when you create those environments for people that tra that transformation can begin to happen and that recognition of self you create an environment for them to actually see themselves you know but I, I think directly going to somebody and saying like you have this problem this is what it is it can often actually trigger a more negative response yeah such wise words <laughs> such wise words um amazing yeah i yeah thank you so much oh it's such a pleasure thank you for having me thank you so much for listening i hope you got some good takeaways from today and if so then please do leave a review Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and you can find further insights and tools over at camillacollins.com.